This is the K-pop cast bringing you the best sounds and ideas in K-pop each week. I'm DJ Peter Lowe. I'm your co-host Stephanie. And I'm your pedonym Michaela. And this week it's another round of hit replays featuring a very special guest. First longtime listener, first time guest. It's Liz C. Welcome. Hi. It's good to talk to you. Finally get to be on the <laughs> podcast. Our special featured guest on the AdLib raps and, and, and vocals. Welcome, Liz. But first, <laughs> what are hit replays? Hit replays are songs we recommend y'all listen to on repeat or replay for the week. Liz C, our special guest, you're up first. Hi, yeah. So my my hit re- replay this week is NCT Dreams, Hello Future. I just love the, just it's such a summer vibe of a song. It feels to me like the quintessential summer song, quintessential NCT Dream song. And I say that is probably a tiny a tiny part of the population that loves chewing gum um, and love I just the uh, the music video is fun I like all the bright colors and the, the somebody has sherbert hair which is always my favorite K-pop look so that's my hit replay this summer yeah I, I think NCT Dream was made as a group just for concepts like this indeed perfect for summer How about Peter? What's on okay. your playlist? So Jay Park showed us what it really means to be Korean. And he brought us back to truly authentic Korean concepts and styles and outfits in his song DNA. Whoa, 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 no, whoa, whoa. I'm whoa, just whoa, kidding. Whoa. <laughs> hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> You're not going to put that, that in the That was obviously the controversy because, no, he, he wasn't. <laughs> that, that He was the opposite of that. He, he, yeah, he exactly. Heavily. Um, disgraceful. So, so because of that, I, I instead chose Queen Wasabi's song, Jay Park, which is all about fawning over Jay Park. Uh, Can it come at a better time? You know? <laughs> uh, timing was chat- terrible. No. Okay. So that, that's not my pick. My real pick <laughs> is Omega X. Yes. And it, it's time for... Boy crush banger clanger. <laughs> Boy crush. I think that's the debut of a new term here on the K-pop game. <laughs> yeah. No. No. I. I. We. We got a sneak peek of, of this group before um, the uh, the launch date, which came out today, by the way, uh, at mm. the time of this recording. Yeah. Um, fresh. So these guys are looking for their another another shot at redemption. One more uh, chance. Despite all their their failed reality show efforts um so from the press release omega x is an 11 mm. <laughs> omega yeah, gotta, yeah a big fan there <laughs> so from the press release omega x is an 11 member k-pop group signed with spire entertainment omega the last letter of the greek alphabet symbolizes the end while the letter X denotes the unknown with infinite possibilities. Oh Combined, my God. Omega X symbolizes constant change and growth. So, for these boys, <sighs> perpetual evolution, growth, infinite, infinite possibilities. possibilities. <laughs> um, I'll have a member boy group. 
So it, it's cute, and, that, and the music is just like it gives you the feeling, like the especially in the hook, the like the anti-chorus mm-hmm. instrumental hook, it gives you the feeling of like juvenile mischief. Oh yeah, something yes. like yeah. banger clanger, you know, sounds and drops. So um, that's which my is like my favorite kind of K-pop: juvenile mischief banger <laughs> clanger. <laughs> <laughs> juvenile <laughs> mischief banger clanger. Yeah. No, we need to come up with a fun term for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I thought I thought I noticed a lot of members in that video. I was like, dang, this is a mega group. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Eleven is a fair amount. Yeah, yeah. mega group made up of other groups. And <laughs> we've got some members from one the, the newly disbanded One Team and Snooper and a lot of other groups that are still still trying to make it uh, in the scene. Or some that are no longer existing, but this is their... Their, as their what was it their variety show or their elimination show that kind of put them together saying like this is this is one more chance for them to to make it in the scene so we wish them the best and this is a great start from the press release the, the mini album expresses the members excitement for a new beginning mm-hmm. and their love gratitude and wishes for the fans to follow them on this new adventure oh. okay stephanie what's your hit replay all right so I am continuing the banger booty popping trend with yes. a hip hop track from Woody Gochild. It's Jackson featuring Changmo. I have a lot of Changmo in my library now. Um, but this song, I just found it yesterday. It came out really recently. And I just, I noticed my butt was just bouncing in my chair. <laughs> and I was like, that's how you know. That's your hit replay <laughs> for me. I just couldn't stop dancing. And the fun references to Michael Jackson are just wacky. Um, the music video itself is, I think, Tarantino inspired. You'll have to watch to the end to see, uh, you know, limbs flying off in really comical ways. Uh, but it's it's a fun experience overall, and of course, Changmo kills his verse as usual. So, Stephanie, question for you: For Sin City, who did it better, Everglow or Woody Go Child? Oh man, <laughs> that's tough. But like, Woody made me laugh with it, yeah. And I think that humor is uh, essential to the uh, to Tarantino style. It was also more yeah. Sin City with a budget, like or. A lo- <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, not just all animation. Yeah. <laughs> no shade, no shade. Okay, Michaela. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. What, what's Last your hit but replay? Not well, switching to an even even darker music video. My hit replay for this week is BY's Side by Side. Um, this is also another OST. I keep bringing the OSTs. 
for hit replays, but this one is please do. What we be sleeping on the OST? We do, we do be sleeping. OST queen in the house. (laughs) Yeah, right. So I'm so happy to finally share this with you guys because it's an OST from one of my favorite apocalypse horror K dramas called Sweet Home. And oh, that doesn't sound like a horror drama. Sweet home. <laughs> what could go wrong? Right? Oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> Let's all just, you know, go into this, you know, abandoned oh. house up on the hill, split up, you know, because that, that, that's that's a safer way to explore. You should right. always, you know, split up and and go down the, the hidden pathways and, you know, from the kitchen to the basement. And, oh, okay, sorry. Go, yeah. go, go ahead. But Mikaela. this is also the perfect recommendation because we're like in the, in the, worst part of summer here in this hemisphere and it's a thing in Korea that you know when it's really hot you go see like horror movies or scary movies because it's like the the chilling creepiness cools you off from oh (laughs) yeah so sure mm -hmm. maybe this will cool some people off or maybe just disturb them but either way the song is a banger down your spine Yeah, Michaela, when you when you shared this with us earlier this mm-hmm. week, I watched it and I wrote to you like, "This has got to be the scariest like K-pop <laughs> music video OC I've ever seen." And I don't know if you can hear, but my 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 daughter agrees. Apparently. Yeah. Or she's pretending to be a member of, of the OST. I, yeah, uh, she's one of them. Yeah, the she's in the cast. <laughs> Monsters okay. from Sweet Home. <laughs> All right, moving on to our listener hit replays. We received a couple of really good ones that I enjoyed. First is from our very own Amr, aka Gee Dragon from the Slack. <laughs> Who's that? Regular. Do you know this man? Yeah. I might know him a little, uh, a little bit. He might have proposed to me with a K-pop flash mob last oh, year. Oh, is that it? Okay. <laughs> Putting him on blast as usual. So Amr submitted his pick as uh, Kim Woo Sung Lazy, featuring mm. Ready. Now, this one came across both of our uh, YouTube recommendations. I think number one, because one of our favorite creators, JRE, <laughs> JRE KML, Dre, is in there. We both love him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gets a little cameo at the end of the video being a hype man, which is fun. And then in Amr's own words, he says, Second reason I like this, it's a chill song that celebrates being lazy, which is a middle finger to productivity and capitalist <laughs> culture where we're punished for needing rest. So, a you know, Amr always comes with the right. capitalist, like this, 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 anti-capitalist. This just seems so out of character for him. So, you know, uh, yeah, him really, be... really out of character. <laughs> you know, I really expected. <laughs> no, like this, this is so perfect. We need more songs like this. Uh, celebrating, not working hard, not grinding, um, taking a nap. Yeah, taking a break, refreshing. Yeah. Oh, I just, I just want to add that uh, I feel like my hit replay is standing in solidarity with Amr's re- <laughs> hit replay, that it is, hello, hello future, hello future after capitalism. They're protesting <laughs> yeah. capitalism in the MV. Perfect. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, I didn't make that connection. Yeah, yeah I think that I think I... I'm sure that SM's song of the summer is absolutely an anti-capitalist chill song. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Like I, I right. don't know what all these other people are saying in the comments about it being a summer bop or whatever. But no, they, 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 they play no. the it wrong. It's a protest anthem. 
Yeah. Absolutely. Well, our next hit replay is a, a challenger for my dark horror themed music video hit replays for this week. Prim M Playlist on Twitter says Poison by Pink Fantasy. Uh, also petition for Song of the Year forever. <laughs> <laughs> to make it Song of the Year forever. Uh-huh. For, oh, forever man. or else, basically. Because that's it's very, very dark. Very <laughs> like similar to more... Uh, scream, right? Scream, metal yep. inspired. Mm-hmm. Scream, yes. <laughs> Yeah, so not only dark in the visuals, but also with the audio as well. Did you say baby metal? Yeah. (laughs) That fits perfectly. I never heard of that, but I buy it. Mm. Oh, you... Stephanie, you have to discover baby metal. Yes. Wow. You'll have to show me the way. Yes. I'm going to ruin your YouTube recommendation algorithm. Yes. A playlist is being created as we speak. Gosh, the production value for this group mm-hmm. and this concept. The eyes, though, uh, of mm, uh, some of the really—that's the first thing speaking. I noticed. Yeah, yeah. and uh, crazy, uh, eerie—I uh, don't know—spiritual fingernails, yeah. the choreo, satanic cult vibes, mm-hmm. and, and the—I I, don't—I don't listen to enough metal to, to know or say, but just what you know what they do with their voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, different parts of the song. It's like, wow, I've, I haven't heard of that in K-pop before. I yeah, mean, I, I don't know if it's the first time that, that it's been done, but yeah, even the, the group that gets compared to like a baby metal esque thing, Dreamcatcher, they've never really mm-hmm. incorporated that kind of sound into their music. Okay, well that wraps it up for our music recommendations for this week. Mm-hmm. Um, up next, let's, let's take it over to some of the hot issues or K-pop news commentary in K-pop. So, um. Mikhail, you want to kick us off? Yeah, so starting it off in maybe this time news, uh, (laughs) Black Swan, the group Black Swan, is reportedly coming back with new members. Uh, Black Swan. That's the group with the black girl in it, right? Yeah, so the the multi-ethnic K-pop group, um, Black Swan, will be welcoming new members and going back to work after their hiatus uh, following uh, former member Hemi's uh, accusations of fraud. She's no longer in the group, but hey, they have new members and they're members from all around the world because they were auditioning, I guess, like 4,000 people, they said, from across the globe what? to be in the group. So it'll be interesting to see who they add to to this group, especially if the, the concept is supposed to be like multi-ethnic, like not just huh. like non-Korean people doing K-pop. Okay, so Black Swan, before they were Black Swan, they were... Um... Rania. Rania. And then mm-hmm. Black Pearl Rania and then nothing and then now Black Swan. <laughs> but if you actually pay attention to like the, the member order with Rania to Black Swan to whatever we're at now, mm-hmm. it's like perpetual musical chairs. Like the one thing constant 
is the constant member changes yeah mm-hmm. in this group and and if you listen to a lot of the former member testimonials they're just like they're not getting a lot of guidance and whenever this company issues a statement that like oh this person's taking a break or we're welcoming a new member it's always like news to everyone involved ouch <laughs> So I think this is just more of the same, honestly, with um, uh, DR Music. Well, and I have to wonder, because the article says that they auditioned, flew them into Korea for an intensive training process. And that has to be pretty recent that they were doing that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Flying people into Korea and doing the quarantine and all that. Mm, Yeah. Oh boy. So it'll be interesting, interesting to see Like, I almost wondered if it was going to be like here, the zoom meeting come back where it was like, here's the, here's our member in, you know, in Russia and here's our member in Guatemala and they're going to appear on split screen. Mm. Um, But it all, but it sounds like they're in Korea. I'm curious, did they pay their own flight and hotel to come audition? Because <laughs> no, that's that, a lot of money. Yeah, and actually a former member of this group, she was from, I feel bad for not remembering her name or exactly where she was from. I, I want to say maybe like Thailand or hmm. the Philippines or something. But um, it was exactly that situation because of, if you're familiar with Korean, uh, I guess, work visa arrangements and tourism arrangements she wasn't on an official work visa so Mm. she had to fly out of the country Mm. uh, like every 90 days or something and then come back in she had to go on a round trip to japan and that just cost a lot of money over time and she didn't make any money uh, in being in the group because of that and they never paid her you know she's sent all her receipts and everything they never paid her there it is yeah uh make it stop I don't know. Like, I, I want, like, obviously, I think, I think it's safe to say we want, we want more multi-ethnic groups, members, and whatnot. But not um, like this. Yeah, we want the well-being of these girls too, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Michaela, keep going. And then I think our our next headline is a is an exa- like a more positive example, I guess, of non-Korean people coming to Korea and finding success in the industry. So, uh. American singer's journey from K-pop star wannabe to Miss Trot season two contestant. Uh, yeah, so Maria Elizabeth uh, appeared on the Ch- TV Chosun uh, second season of Miss Trot as a contestant. And she's been gaining a lot of like notoriety and success from her appearance. So she and become really popular in Korea. So for for all of you who are not like watching the video live, this is a 21 year old white woman. Uh, Yes. From Connecticut. (laughs) From Connecticut. Um, But it's not like she, you know, some of these contestants from the the Ronnie audition where she just kind of like just came to Korea. She's been in Korea for a long time. Like, I believe she Mm. was a student and before she did Miss Trot, she was actually part of this project group that Mnet put together of like international people called uh, UHSN. I don't know if you remember they they came out with a song called Popsicle. I think like back in oh. I don't know 2019 2018, mm-hmm. and she's appeared on scenes like I can see your voice, and she's very fluent in Korean. I yeah, can sing. I think I've seen her. Yeah, so she it's it's not just like she kind of 
came out of nowhere. She's been in Korea studying about Korean music and for a long time. So the success doesn't come without like, it's just not given to her. She's actually been there like working for this for a while. Well, good for her. I mean, especially to compete in the trot genre, which is not just any kind of K-pop. Trot is a genre where you need to do country, like yeah, nationalistic, like (laughs) it's old school style, and you have to you have like these vocal inflections where you move your voice in a certain kind of way Mm -hmm. uh, that they don't really teach you in the states. So yeah, more power to her. So I wonder if this is going to become the new way that. American fans sort of plan out their takeover of Korean <laughs> entertainment, their entry into that. And instead of random dance play, we're going to see random trot play <laughs> become the new thing with all the all the youngsters. I, I can get behind that. Honestly, it'd make K-pop parties a lot of fun if we could have that as part of the, the evening programming. <laughs> it's funny, you, you were saying, Michaela, that th- mm-hmm. this was a while ago. And, you know, we're reading the story on her on the Korea Times, and she talks about how, you know, she was watching this in discovering K-pop in 2016, back when she was in the States. And like, yeah, that I guess that was like five years ago. That's it. <laughs> oh, no, I'm t- I've turned on her now. She hasn't paid her dues. Get her out of here. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, you I- know, comparatively <laughs> to like again the 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 Rania contestants who were like in Korea probably learning about K-pop for the first time that day, she she it's been a few years of her being in Korea and stud- like experiencing the industry. Yeah, I mean, like I I don't know if five years is a long time or a little bit of time in the entertainment world, but mm-hmm. to me it feels like yesterday. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, fair. All right, what's our next story? Uh, Looks like we're taking a turn here for the worst. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, in Deadly Digits news, uh, a new documentary from Kim Woo-jin's agency called titled Finger Killer uh, basically claims to prove his innocence against sexual assault allegations and provides all of their evidence. Uh, so his new wait what finger killer finger killer I think can it's, someone explain I my my best guess as I feel like it's like a weird Konglish play on like keyboard warrior or something like oh, that okay I, because right. it's you know it's about him being a victim of cyberbullying and the the reason why he was being canceled was just because they allege that some random person decided to lie about him. And then it just got picked up by the cancel wave and all mm. of it is false. And it's it it's the first time we've seen a, like a Korean agency one address like issues like by name, by like actually putting in like the hashtag. What was it? The hashtag uh, Woojin is over party or whatever. Like they're actually addressing that specifically in this documentary and in English. So they obviously it's directed toward international fans. Hmm. I I don't I don't think this is how you get international fans' attention, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to manufacture scandal, you don't do it through owned media. You you do it through uh, social earned first. You stage it that way. Mm. Um, so it looks more. It has. We're hearing from our resident PR expert. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, it gives the illusion of it being more organic first, mm-hmm. and then, and then you can come out all righteous and justified later. 
and then do your own, you know, reactive response that maybe you already planned from the very beginning. But like, I don't know, I guess we're talking about it. So it worked in that way. It'll be interesting to see how long it's up for all the oh, copyright violations <laughs> of all the media that's using. Right. Like, it doesn't, I don't know. I think anybody that would watch it would be like, okay, this looks like something right, that exactly. threw together mm-hmm. with the clips. Look at like, all these memes. It doesn't, yeah. right. It doesn't, it doesn't have that air of either authenticity yeah. or authority. Right. I mean, it also feels like this sort of content you don't expect to be like uh, a 35 minute long video either mm-hmm. they also broke it up into like specific chapters i believe so like it's not so it's like more shareable so that they that they have like what if you're only interested in one section of the story you can just like watch that seven minute or eight minute clip i think mm-hmm. okay yeah, Sorry, go ahead liz Oh, it just looked like that one section you were just showing was the part where they defend that they are a real company because they have a check mark <laughs> overlaid, oh, wow. right. overlaid on a clip from like the Breakfast Club or something. It's like, okay. It's it's not it's not winning me over. No. I mean the the what this brings to mind for me, I'm not sure if making documentaries to prove innocence is a really common thing in k-pop these days but i remember back in the day this happens to tablo right Right. he was like driven out of korea his family was harassed over an online rumor that his stanford transcript was fake and he i think a year later flew to stanford university and filmed a documentary with a small crew uh proving his innocence like going around Mm -hmm. to the professors like hey you remember me right going around and i actually saw him in person filming that in the stanford bookstore and i was like oh my god i'm a huge fan and he was like not having it he was (laughs) not interested in talking to me (laughs) but um but yeah look at him now back in korea back on top of the charts so maybe it just takes time, y'all. Yeah, and Woojin recently released a, a collaboration with Gaho, and Gaho is one of those like solo artists that's like really big in Korea right now because of his OSTs and because of his singles that he's put out the past few years. So he he's working with and his voice of gold, right? Oh my gosh! So he's working with the right people as far as music is concerned, but from this. <laughs> from his his agency putting out this video i, I don't know yeah not helpful mm-hmm. try again by by the way if if this is like authentic cyberbullying uh going on i think you just gotta focus on a different message and don't make it reactive like just move on mm. to a- right and like if it is if it is heavy serious stuff then using all the memes is not yeah mm. not helping that at all. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So SM had a big. By the way, like um, I see a lot of Korean companies do this, namely Samsung, where uh, they will have their big annual event and they'll fly in a lot of international media. That's where they unravel all their major products, and mm-hmm. um, it's a very common practice, but. It looks like SM did that same thing because they had their big um, Congress uh, the other day. <laughs> did you say Congress? Isn't that what it's called, Michaela? Yes, yes. the the SM Congress uh, was uh. released uh, recently. 
the headlines of which talking about how there's going to be a Hollywood movie based off of the SM universe, uh, or S sorry, S Buzz universe and more projects that revolve like remastering old music videos and remaking old music videos and what NCT is going to be. They talked a little bit about NCT Hollywood. So it was, there was, there was a lot. It was like over an hour of, of content to be like, Hey, this is what we're, we're plans for, for the rest of the year or the next few years. You know, the, as much as we kind of roll our eyes over the naming of, excuse me, uh, roll our eyes over the naming of the event. Mm -hmm. Like that's how you do it from like a, like if we're just looking at PR practices alone, not accounting, mm -hmm. maybe other marketing techniques, if you're going to fly in a bunch of international media, you you bundle all your hard news together for an event like this, and then you set up a mm. lot of de you know desk side briefings there, and you get you know journalists a lot of hands on access to to talk about it, and then file all these dozens of other stories later. So, um, I I'm not knocking on, on that that method that they use to bundle all these announcements together, and I I think you know it's not not coming on on the on the quality or the substance of the content. I, I think this, this is newsworthy headlines that they had coming out of it. I think it's interesting how just how kind of the presentation of the whole thing really focused on Isuman, right. particularly with all the, <laughs> I mean, particularly with all the talk about SM potentially getting bought out by Naver mm. or Dom and whether it's sort of, it's just interesting that he foregrounded himself in that because if that sale goes through, then he's not going to have as much of a role and whether this is sort of his last hurrah or mm. whether he's trying to sell him like whether part of it was a sales pitch to those investors of like no keep me as the create you know you need my creative vision so that was kind of in my head when i was watching the clips of it i think that's a really good analogy uh, analogy liz um one of my former clients la eco or le eco i can't even pronounce it anymore no one would know it unless you're Chinese, but even then, I'm not sure. But anyway, they, they were a subscription-based company in, in China that, that had a lot of money, and then they came to the U.S., and it was like, as uh, Ina Fried characterized it at the time, we had a big event at the San Francisco Palace of Fine Arts. We invited every single like journalists in the San Francisco Bay Area to turn out for it. They all did, and then Ina Fried described it as like something out of the show Silicon Valley for like just how absurd it was and all the different like theatrics and visions and places that it can go. And that company turned up. And, and by the way, we also had to like legally file for them to pay us <laughs> after. And I, I can see a very similar thing happening here with, with SM entertainment, just given, you know, the, the, uh, the audacity, the scale um, <laughs> of a lot of these things. Um, I, I don't know if we want to comment on some of the individual news items, but I'll say like the ESPA video doesn't have a very good standing from a narrative perspective. If we just look at the fan re reception to the, uh, the, the, the story videos, mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys are seeing differently, but that's my impression. It seems like that could be a very costly endeavor for very little yield. Mm -hmm. Just to sell a group that they already yeah. do already. So, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm, I'm just sort of, I don't know. I'm, I maybe, and probably because I'm older, I'm a little more skeptical on this sort of SM universe, <laughs> you know, cinematic universe thing. Cause I'm not sure. 
I'm not sure what the story is. Like, I think everybody's excited about the idea of a cinematic universe, but I don't know what, I don't fully get what the hook is. Like, what's the story? And it's like, is it sort of too late to retrofit people in? Because if you're really going to invest in it, you're going to have these idols whole back. You're, you're never going to tell people where they're from or who their family is or where they trained. You're going to make that be part of the story. So it's like, I already know, I already know that Johnny saw is from a suburb of Chicago <laughs> and he's an only child. And this is what his parents look like. And this is his, his you know, that he does these silly videos. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how, how do you back that into a cinematic version of him? See, I, I think the, the major appeal of the cinematic universe is just crossovers and features and collaborations within yeah. the incredible artist roster that they have. And they could probably do it in a much more cheaper affordable way in a much more authentic Mm. way by just talking about the i mean you you gave that example is like you know this this person from over Mm -hmm. here grew up in the suburbs etc now collaborating with this person over here this is what it means for the two of them you know talking more about that in a very like authentic way that um maybe is less focused on the sell of the album as the center of the story and more like what it means for them. And you can say they tried that already with the SM station. Like that was specifically just something they created for collaboration of their artists within the company and also with other artists that aren't in their company to just come together for for a song and then release it. And they were, you know, I think they did a thing where they were Mm -hmm. trying to put something out every month. And I feel like that, you know, they tried that for, I think, two or three years. And then maybe this is just their idea of what the next step from that is. I I think like, like maybe the, what was missing in that implementation was just some story, not manufactured story, but like the real story of like mm-hmm. how these people came together, um, what that means in the career arc mm-hmm. of the individual artists from more of their eyes right. and, and perspective. And, but you know, I will say the thing that they got right across the SM station was the collab that they had with Key and Soyeon <laughs> and uh, Dessert and Soyeon. Of course. Those were ones that they did really well. Of course. Well, and one of the things that's great about SM Station is it's SM artists and then people from other agencies and other independent artists. Mm, like that's yeah. the that's part of the power of that. And so those folks wouldn't necessarily be part of an SM cinematic universe. Yeah, let's yeah. not forget the uh, wow thing uh, with... with uh, <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> Let's move so on. <laughs> oh, one, one last comment, if I if I can just share it on, on one of the other news items. So okay. this remastering project, um, my, I forget which publication Arnold writes for, but uh, he tweeted something earlier along the lines of um, <laughs> revisionist history uh, <laughs> for like, oh, yeah, we're just going to pretend these ne- these members never belonged as part of the group as part of the remastering project. Right. Oh wow! I just got that. And thought about that. Yeah. Dang. Because you can see that so... happening, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. For yeah. Wow. I'm just I'm picturing I'm picturing the wolf MV. Oh god. With about oh, wow. as many arms. <laughs> Nobody. Yeah. Oh god. No, like. Shouldn't there be an arm there? Shouldn't there be a leg there? Uh And Jeez. see here, I was just excited I, I like to see it. like replay in 4K. Oh, replay. Yeah. I know. We need a 4K replay. That's like, yeah. without question. Yeah. But yeah, yeah would, would they cut out Jonghyun? Mm. 
Probably, Damn. probably not. They better maybe not. Better. I think maybe maybe Fight they're going to make him a hologram, yeah. you know, ghost. And and see that you know as much as Lisa Mon likes to joke that or not joke, uh, pretend to take very seriously that he uses <laughs> AI technology. Mm-hmm. This could be an actual realistic application right, of using right. synthetic technology for virtual idols, uh, be it via holograms and. Uh, deep fakes and um, kind of recreating uh, the previous titles. Hey, it's coming. Um, I, and we're going to talk more about here. it yeah. for next K-pop and chat. And th- they've way. already kind of been implementing it. Like I remember with yeah. the the Silgi and Irene come black, one of the, the MVs, they used that deep fake technology to make it seem like uh, Silgi was like dancing or Irene was dancing with herself. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Weird. Mm-hmm. It's the future. Assuming we can get enough training data and computation mm-hmm. costs go down. Okay, should we move on? Yeah. yeah. So our last story, I think a more fluffier, a better story is, hey, Kong Daniel's having a VR fan meet. <laughs> so in as close <laughs> as it gets news, Kong Daniel is bringing another level of immersive content uh, mm, and liveness yeah, to the offline space. <laughs> Um, and we'll be having a VR fan meet. So I think I think this is notable one because we have had like uh, video fan meetings before, but I think this is the first time a company is implementing that more like a 360 video immersive experience with a fan meet. So it'll be really interesting to see how this, like what technology they're actually using and how this is going to be. I think I'll hold out for the haptic feedback suit <laughs> fan meeting. <laughs> that, yeah i agree no 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 seriously because like what 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 benefit does 360 really offer you a sense besides a sense of being like pretending like you're immersed in the same room as the mm-hmm. idol like what what does it really give you what if it's the other direction what if they're projecting a 3d <laughs> Kong Daniel into your living room like i can see the appeal okay of maybe that like you know and they ship you're, you like a, a pillow, a husband pillow. <laughs> exactly. Like you're just, you know, hanging out, hanging out with Kong Danielle at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Now we're talking. You're not, not speaking from experience or oh. anything. You know, <laughs> oh, no. Hypothetically speaking. No, like, definitely not. Hypothetical. Mm-hmm. See, because I, I have to. Uh, no, sorry, Kulis. Oh, I just uh, like I have to bring up my pet current pet peeve is the sort of growth of the term offline mm. in contrast to online it's like every time i read it i die a little bit inside like no that's real life real life offline yeah. is real life online is not the real it's version real yeah. <laughs> like, <it's> like, <laughs> yeah let's connect offline <laughs> there you go <laughs> But but whatever we're we're here for it because everyone loves Kong Daniel so we'll we'll support him all the same yeah. and like actually you know that's the real way to do it if if you're if you're trying a new medium or a tactic that's you know you're not sure is going to be a success if you just have Kong Daniel do it everyone will eat it up because everyone just loves <laughs> yep. Kong Daniel so. everyone loves yeah. him yeah yeah actually we should rename this episode just be like Kong Daniel is the best everyone will listen to it even though it's not actually about Kang Daniel. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So um, wrapping it up. Yeah, they have to wait till the very end for the Kang Daniel reference. They'll be <laughs> we'll get so many one star ratings. So this concludes our hit replays and K-pop hot issues news commentary for the third week of No, it's the first week no. of July. <laughs> For the first week of July, let our listeners so let our listeners know where they can find you each online or on Twitter or all those places. 
So Liz, go ahead. You can find me at Liz Cook, L-I-Z-C-O-O-K on Twitter. Okay. And I'm at Michaela J K-pop on Twitter. Also at Mika underscore J on Clubhouse. Guys, Ooh, Clubhouse. I've, I've entered oh, the Clubhouse now. I'm finally, it's so me exciting. Too. So Yeah, but we're all in Twitter spaces now. We already oh, left Clubhouse. Oh, uh, yeah. So. yeah. It does seem like that. I got in when everybody left Clubhouse. <laughs> right. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> K-pop chat. Join K-pop chats. Yes. Uh, Mondays, 515. Mm-hmm. Mondays. Time. That's right. 815 Eastern. Okay. All right. Stephanie? I'm Stephanie. You can find me at sparker2 on Twitter. I'm at DJ Peter Lowe. You can find me canceling myself with BTS Army. Oh, gosh. And you can tweet at all of us at the K-pop guest. Uh, but you know what's better than a tweet, Peter? A voice memo. Exactly, guys. We want to hear from you. I know we covered a lot of things uh, we we covered a hit replays. We covered stories. So like, let's let's hear you guys talk about this with your own actual words and your voice. So just record yourself on your phone and send it to us, and we can drop it into the episode. Yep. And then I also drop in a newsletter link so you can keep the prize with us uh, in your email if you want to get newsletter. Exported into newsletter form, but okay, that sounds yeah. fancier than it is. <laughs> but sign up anyway. Keep up yeah. with us. <laughs> and lastly, if you want to get to know us better, come make some new friends in the K-pop cast Slack. You can find the link in the description of this episode. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've got a, a great that's it, a great Slack about K dramas that has really yes. inspired my OST picks for the past few weeks. <laughs> oh, by the way, I, I want to shout out Howard R. Um, oh yeah, who wrote something today? He, he said like uh, something along the lines of like he, he doesn't agree with everything that that is said that people are saying <laughs> but what he loves is that we all respect each other mm. and I, I think we just need more of that like as k-pop fans across the board across everything like you know that, that that's part of the discourse you know it, it's kind of <laughs> like what what moves the the needle forward and i think helps us all grow and appreciate this thing that we call K-pop. Yes, yes. not taking it personally. <laughs> Step yeah. one. Yeah. Thanks, Howard. All right. Thank you, Liz, for joining us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Great to meet you. Yeah. On, on camp. Yeah. Thanks for having me. No, I think-